This is the voice of contract management presented by the law firm of Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay up to date on all things contract management five minutes at a time. Our team at Kroll & Mooring presents these podcasts to keep you up to speed on a bi-monthly basis. We will cover everything from regulatory updates to crucial changes that affect government contracting. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou. We start with COVID-related guidance. On June 12th, the CDC issued several guidance documents, lots of things of interest across the industry. Of particular note and interest is detailed guidance around events and other types of gatherings. Note that the CDC guidance supplements some of the existing guidance and orders from other state and local governments, but for those of you that are in the process of either reopening or redesigning workspace, this is a really helpful tool. Also, the day before, on June 11th, the EEOC issued an updated guidance document regarding compliance with equal employment laws, including the Americans with Disabilities Act. This primarily focuses on reopening operations, looking at different risk categories. A common question relates to how employers should consider high-risk employees, including those over age 65. So a lot to digest there, and we're happy to point you in the right direction on that. Yuan, over to you. Thanks, Peter. Turning to COVID-19 enforcement trends, the government has made clear that it plans to prioritize investigations and enforcement actions involving the COVID-19 response and related funds. On June 9th, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing entitled COVID-19 Fraud, Law Enforcement's Response to Those Exploiting the Pandemic. That hearing provided some useful insight into the government's specific focus areas and represents an opportunity for companies to focus on compliance and risk reduction measures. Now, witnesses from DOJ, the FBI, and the Secret Service identified a number of similar threats that their agencies are targeting, such as price gouging and hoarding, fraud relating to the CARES Act's Paycheck Protection Program, sales of fraudulent personal protective equipment and COVID-19 treatment cures and tests, consumer protection, the use of stolen identities to obtain government benefits, loan fraud, bank fraud, money laundering, and aggravated identity theft relating to CARES Act funds. DOJ also discussed efforts on the antitrust enforcement front to combat price fixing, bid rigging, and collusive practices in the sale of such products to federal, state, and local agencies. The Procurement Collusion Strike Force will be helping agencies safeguard their procurement, grant, and program funding processes from collusion and corruption. In addition, the DOJ and the FTC also announced that antitrust enforcers will be monitoring employer conclusion to disadvantage workers, and an expedited procedure will be established for reviewing proposed conduct by industry that's aimed at addressing responses to COVID-19 and determining whether they intend to take antitrust action in response. Peter? Perfect. So we want to turn to a related topic now. On June 2nd, DOD OIG issued a report that identifies best practices and lessons learned from prior audit reports that address contracting during disasters in order to aid DOD in avoiding potential fraudulent activity in its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. While the report is obviously focused on contracting and the government side, it impacts what contractors can expect and also informs 
some risks on the contractor side. In essence, the report describes three best practices taken from DOD, and those really include identifying areas where contracts can be awarded to meet the needs during the emergency. In other words, trying to stay ahead of the curve to get those contracts pushed out quickly. Two, awarding advanced contracts and otherwise ensuring sufficient planning and lead times. There's a lot of that going on right now as the government looks three to six months out, trying to get contracts in place for needs that it expects as the pandemic evolves. And then finally, trying to involve multiple teams of personnel to award and administer emergency contracts. The report also identified a couple of lessons learned focused on consistency and process and to make sure that the contracts and task orders are accurate and complete. This focuses on quality programs at the contractor level and a method of validating invoices before payment. There's also quite a bit focused on these, what are called undefinitized contract actions or UCAs. There's a lot of UCAs being used right now, and there are some important lessons there. And I would expect as the use of these UCAs rises, contractors are going to be increasingly asked for information, and these create a real audit risk because of the undefinitized nature of them, the need to track and bill in a certain way. The report also talks about some fraud schemes that have already been observed during COVID-19, focused on price fixing, kickbacks, bribes, that sort of thing, fits quite nicely with what Yuan talked about as enforcement priorities. And with that, I'll turn it back to Yuan for one more item. Thanks, Peter. So finally, we want to highlight a notable proposed regulation. On June 3rd, the FAR Council proposed a FAR amendment to further implement Section 1821 of the NDAA for fiscal year 2017, which required the SBA to amend its regulations to provide examples of certain activities that would be considered a failure to make a good faith effort to comply with a small business subcontracting plan. In November 2019, the SBA amended 13 CFR 125.3 to provide guidance to contracting officers on their responsibility to determine whether a prime contractor failed to make a good faith effort to comply with its small business subcontracting plan, which the FAR Council now proposes to incorporate into a revised, reorganized, and renamed FAR 19.705-7. So we're expecting an uptick in enforcement involving small business subcontracting, so this is certainly a development to watch. Perfect, and with that, we will close out. Thanks so much to you, Juan, for joining for this edition. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thank you all for listening. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Contract Management, brought to you by Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to discuss all things government contracting. In the meantime, explore your learning opportunities at www.ncmahq.org slash course catalog.